What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be doing a player versus player versus player comparison. So there are going to be certain spots in your fantasy football drafts where you're on the clock and you could very easily be choosing between three different players at the same position. You know, for whatever reason, these guys are just locked into a certain spot in the draft. And so today I'm going to be looking at around the three, four turn and looking at the three running backs of Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, and Jameer Gibbs. So I'm going to be breaking down these players, talking about each of them individually, and then going through and talking about which player I would prefer in each type of format. So PPR, half point PPR, and standard scoring. And like I said, I will be telling you guys who I prefer, but I don't even think that's like the main point of this video. It's more for me to kind of just push out the information to you guys, and then you're able to make your own decisions. Because, you know, maybe I'm projecting this player to have this type of workload. If you think they're going to be the workhorse of their backfield, then that kind of may change uh, what player you're taking. So showing you guys all the information, and then just let me know what you guys are thinking after you watch the video. Who are you taking in PPR, half point PPR, and then standard scoring? And so let's jump right into it. Like I mentioned, all three of these running backs are going on the 3-4 uh, turn on underdog fantasy football. Right now, ETN is going off the board as the running back 12, Najee Harris right behind him as the running back 13, and then Jameer Gibbs here as the running back 14. So we're going to start it off with the guy with the highest ADP. That's going to be Travis Etienne. He missed his entire rookie season with a Liz Frank injury. He returned in 2022, started off the season in a committee with James Robinson for the first uh, six games. Now, this was a little bit concerning in the uh, kind of path of Travis Etienne here. I was very, very high on him heading into the 2022 season. And to see him in that committee early on with James Robinson, who was just coming off of an Achilles tear, that was not a great look. But then he started to kind of eat into J-Rob's opportunities later on in those six games. And then in week seven, that's when they really just kind of unleashed Travis Etienne as the workhorse. Week seven, 14 carries, 114 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, and then he caught a pass for five yards. Week eight, same story, 24 carries, 156 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, three receptions for six yards. And then week nine, 28 carries, 109 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for 17 yards. So at this point in the season, we have a three-game sample size of him operating as the workhorse. And at this point in the season, I remember thinking that ETN was going to be a mid to high-end running back one for the rest of the season. The Jaguars offense was starting to peak. They were just force-feeding him the ball. And unfortunately, it just didn't really finish out like that. In the last uh, seven healthy games that ETN played, he only averaged 10.9 PPR points per game. And there was kind of a combination of three different factors here that led into the uh, kind of underwhelming finish. The first one was that he only scored one touchdown in the last seven games. So in that first three-game stretch, he had scored four, only got in the end zone one more time in the last seven games, which is obviously going to limit your production. He also just had very uh, poor work in the receiving game as the starter. Even in those three games I mentioned, right, he had one reception, three receptions, two receptions. The receiving volume was not there. He only averaged 2.7 targets per game when he was the starter. And then also over the last seven games, he just didn't have a crazy workload on the ground, 14 carries per game, which is fine. But if you're not getting the receiving work and you're not getting to the end zone, that's not going to propel you to uh, RB1 production. Now, I'm not sure how involved all you guys are in uh, fantasy Twitter. I kind of pop in. I don't really tweet a ton, but I just kind of see what's going on. And there have been some very heated debates over the last week or so 
regarding Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby. So I think it started with basically someone talking about some potential concerns for Travis Etienne. Maybe he loses some goal line work. Maybe he loses some receiving work. And then it turned into people, you know, uh, vouching for Travis Etienne, thinking he's going to be the workhorse. And then somehow it turned into some people talking about Tank Bigsby taking over for Travis Etienne. Now of those two extremes of Etienne being the workhorse and then Etienne losing his job to Tank Bigsby, I'm definitely falling somewhere in between the two. Is it possible that the Jaguars just hand over this massive workload to ETN? Sure. Like, I think it's possible. It's in the range of outcomes. But just based on what we saw uh, this offseason and then what we saw at the end of last season, it's just not really something I'm banking on. ETN was an elite runner, like a pure runner on the ground. He was fantastic. He was fourth in uh, rushing yards over expected per attempt. Uh, using next-gen stats, and then he also had a very solid rushing grade from PFF. What concerns me is the lack of receiving volume, and then also his goal line carries. Despite being great in college in terms of his receiving production, ETN only had a 41% raw participation last season that was 27th in the NFL, only a 7.8% target share, which was uh, 31st, and he didn't hit a 60% raw participation once throughout the regular season. So not great there. And then also on the goal line, he just had a very poor conversion rate. Now efficiency is definitely something that can swing from year to year, but my concern doesn't really lie with the fact that ETN may be bad on the goal line. It's more to do with the fact that the Jaguars may be concerned and they may just give those opportunities over to someone else. They go out, they draft Tank Bigsby in the third round of the NFL draft, which isn't crazy draft capital, but you're still spending a day two pick on a running back when you do have a guy in your roster who a lot of people think is going to be this workhorse option. Looking at Bigsby and ETN, they're very similar in size. We also saw Tank Bigsby catch passes in college. So I still think ETN's going to be the running back one on this team. I just think these are some things we have to consider where maybe we have Tank Bigsby potentially getting the goal line work, maybe stealing some of those receiving opportunities. And even if he's not stealing a ton of receiving work, there just wasn't a ton of receiving volume going to the running back position in general. So now you're bringing in Calvin Ridley. You have this offense kind of rising. Are they now going to be targeting the running back super heavy with more weapons in the fold? I don't know. Just some things to kind of think about here. Now, the next running back I'm going to be looking at is Najee Harris. And he's a guy who also suffered a uh, Liz Frank injury. His just happened in the uh, preseason heading into the 2022 season. And while he didn't miss any games throughout the season, that injury that he suffered in the preseason definitely seemed to kind of limit him throughout the season. Najee Harris was the running back 19 and half point PPR points per game. And a kind of hit he saw from the 2021 season to 2022 is that his opportunity share fell from 86%, which was crazy high his rookie season, down to uh, 70% this past year. He had solid volume on the ground, 16 carries a game. The problem was that his receiving work kind of took a hit here. He went from five and a half targets per game in 2021 to only 3.1 this past season. And you can kind of divide Najee's season into two in terms of his fantasy production. His first nine games, he averaged 10.8 PPR points per game. His last eight, he averaged 15.8. Now I've seen some people make the argument of like, oh, that last stretch, that's what we should expect out of Najee Harris. You know, he was healthy, he turned it around. Honestly, those splits were pretty much just due to touchdowns. He had three touchdowns in the first nine games, seven in the last eight. He was still inefficient in those last eight games, averaging under uh, four yards per carry. 
So now I understand the argument that he was inefficient throughout the entire season because of his injury, he was held back. The only problem with that is it's kind of been the case for Najee in both of his seasons, both his rookie year and this past year. In 2021, he was 27th in yards per reception, 25th in yards per route run, 41st in uh, yards per touch, and then he was also in the negatives in terms of rushing yards over expected. In 2022, he was 30th in yards per reception, 28th in yards per route run, 52nd in yards per touch, and then he was actually the fifth lowest running back in rushing yards over expected per attempt. And then in terms of his uh, PFF grade, just very middle of the pack, 30th out of 62 in 2021, and then 27th out of 60 in 2022. So just like Travis Etienne, it is in the range of outcomes for Najee Harris to have that workhorse role. I just don't know if it's something I'm going to be betting on. Like if you have a running back who hasn't really proven himself to be a top tier running back, are you going to force feed him the ball when you have a capable backup in Jalen Warren where you may have some sort of split going on here? So the workhorse role, I would say, is possible, but I also think there are some uh, concerns here that could kind of prevent it. Now, the third running back I'm going to be looking at is Jameer Gibbs. He was the 12th pick in the NFL draft to the Lions. Obviously, going top 15, going 12th overall for a running back is crazy draft capital, and he's going to be stepping into a backfield where they just signed uh, David Montgomery in free agency. Last year, we saw the Lions operate a two-man committee with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. And then you also had like some Justin Jackson in there, but that kind of just felt like a middle finger to uh, DeAndre Swift owners. I don't think we're going to be seeing three consistent running backs uh, this season, but I expect David Montgomery to take over that Jamal Williams role. And then I feel like we have Gibbs sliding into that DeAndre Swift role. Last season, Jamal Williams averaged 15.4 carries per game and then 0.9 targets per game. So his workload was very heavy on the ground, pretty much nothing in the receiving game. And then DeAndre Swift averaged 7.1 carries per game and then five targets per game. Looking at DeAndre Swift's finishes um, in terms of each scoring setting, probably important because if Jameer Gibbs is stepping into that role, DeAndre Swift was the running back 16 in PPR points per game, running back 19 in half point PPR, and then the running back 22 in standard scoring. And I feel like this was a spot where we were consistently talking about the Lions underusing DeAndre Swift. And so that's like the workload and production he's getting with that role kind of being underused. And it clearly just seemed like the Lions didn't value him highly. They go out, they draft his replacement, um, and then they trade him away after. So they're giving him 7.1 yards per carry, five targets per game, and they're not really invested in DeAndre Swift here with that workload. So I would be pretty surprised if Jameer Gibbs steps in and sees less targets per game than DeAndre Swift. They were giving him five a game. They go out, they draft Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, they're invested in him with the draft capital. And also just straight up, like I know DeAndre Swift is a strong pass catcher. Jameer Gibbs is just better from what we've seen out of him and his uh, college profile. I also think we could be expecting a few more carries to come Jameer Gibbs' way. They're giving Swift seven a game. Like I feel like Gibbs could pretty easily get up to that like 10 area. Maybe we've got Montgomery at like 13, Jameer Gibbs at 10. Like I feel like a workload of 10 carries, six targets for Jameer Gibbs is pretty reasonable. And that's like, you know, nothing crazy. Like that's probably a small workload when we're looking at running backs who could be finishing in the top 12. But that's kind of what I'd be expecting here for Jameer Gibbs. Obviously the concerning part is the lack of goal line work. It's pretty much a guarantee that that's going to be going to David Montgomery. Najee Harris probably has that in the bag. Travis Etienne, it's possible, but you know, at least it's a discussion. 
I would be very, very surprised if uh, Jameer Gibbs is taking goal line work, you know, at sub 200 pounds over David Montgomery. But I don't think that means he's like guaranteed to flop in the touchdown department. We saw Jamal Williams just take a crazy number of goal line carries last year. He had 57 red zone touches, but Swift was still involved in the red zone. He had 32. So now I'm not going to be expecting like a 14, 15, 16 touchdown game out of Jameer Gibbs, but I don't think he's going to be a guy who's like three, four, five. I feel like he could be in like the high single digit touchdown numbers just based on his you know ability to break some plays. He's still going to be involved, especially on third downs, you know, in the red zone. So I don't think like the touchdown numbers are going to be terrible. I feel like, you know, like I said, eight, nine, you know, seven, maybe he hits double digits with 10. I feel like that's probably what we're looking for out of Jameer Gibbs. All right. Now, since we just went through the three different running backs, now it's time for me to talk about which player I'm going to prefer in each scoring format. So we're going to start it off in PPR and in PPR, I'm going to pretty firmly favor Jameer Gibbs here. I just think he has the receiving ceiling that these other running backs are just not going to be able to touch. In different videos, I've uh, referenced Alvin Kamara's rookie season, and that's just something I'm going to continue to talk about. So Alvin Kamara's rookie season, he comes out, he averages 7.5 carries per game and 6.3 targets per game. He finished that season as the running back four in PPR points per game and uh, also half point PPR points per game, and then the running back six in standard scoring. I think that type of season is totally in play for Jameer Gibbs when you're looking at his ceiling. I know it's nice to have this huge workload where you're carrying the ball 16 times a game and you're also involved as a pass catcher, but if you're efficient and a top tier NFL pass catcher at the running back position, you can put together big seasons without this massive workload. You don't need the gigantic workload when you are that elite pass catcher. I think Jameer Gibbs could come in, command a bigger workload than this. I think seven and a half carries, I would definitely take Jameer Gibbs to get more than that per game. I think he's going to be in the same area for targets. Now, Alvin Kamara did score a lot of touchdowns in that season. So like I said, it's probably more of a peak with him finishing as the RB4 in a half point PPR points per game and PPR and even a mid-tier running back one in standard scoring. But I feel like that's the type of season we could be getting out of Jameer Gibbs. And even if he doesn't get those touchdowns, I still think he can be a locked in top 12 guy, especially in PPR scoring. I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't when we're looking at PPR. Now, shifting over to a half point PPR, I feel like this is when things start to get a little bit closer because we're still getting that receiving work, you know, in half point PPR, but it's not as significant. I'm still going to be leaning with Jameer Gibbs here. And I think it just comes down to my lack of confidence in ETN and Najee Harris getting these huge workloads. If you are someone who thinks that ETN or Najee Harris are going to have these workhorse workloads, you're not concerned about a Tank Bigsby, you're not concerned about a Jalen Warren, then by all means, like take him here. If I thought ETN was going to be the full-on workhorse, getting receiving work, getting every goal line touch, or at least didn't have concerns of that, then I would definitely be taking those guys over Jameer Gibbs. The problem is, I just think they're both going to be in some sort of splits, um, probably giving you high-end running back two production, and the red flags are just kind of preventing me from expecting more. I think Jameer Gibbs is still going to be rewarded for his receiving in this format, and that's why I would still be taking Gibbs. But like I said, if you disagree with my kind of take on their workloads, then you should definitely be taking Etienne or Najee over Jameer Gibbs here. And now the final scoring setting we have here is standard. And this is going to be the spot where I pivot to either Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. Jameer Gibbs, when you're not getting rewarded for that receiving work, not going to have a huge workload on the ground. This is where I would look to one of these other running backs. And honestly, I kind of do have a tough time picking one here. 
I think in like a perfect world where they both get workhorse workloads, I think ETN has the higher ceiling just because the Jaguars offense, in my opinion at least, is going to be significantly better than the Steelers. I also kind of see more routes for ETN to lose opportunities. Like when we're looking at, you know, like the lowest possible outcome, I feel like ETN could lose the receiving work. I feel like he could lose potentially the goal line opportunities. And if you lose both of those, like this could be a really serious backfield split. Obviously that's on like the lowest end of expectations here. For Najee Harris, I feel like the lower level is just he's leading kind of a gross committee, but I still think he would be the guy getting the workload. Uh, over Jalen Warren. Like Warren may be a nuisance, but I still expect Najee to lead in carries, targets, and the goal line work. I'm going to end up leaning towards Travis Etienne here just due to the upside, but I do think in standard scoring, it is pretty close here. I would just rather shoot for the ceiling of Etienne, who if he can get that receiving work and the goal line opportunities, could potentially be like a mid to high end RB1 in this Jaguars offense. So just to recap, PPR, half point PPR, leaning with Jameer Gibbs and PPR scoring pretty firmly locked into that half point PPR. I do think it's closer, but I'd still go Gibbs. And then uh, standard scoring, close call. I'm going to go with uh, Travis Etienne, but let me know what you guys think. I'm guessing there are going to be some people in the comments who do think Najee and Etienne are going to have these huge workloads. If you think that, you know, let me know why. And uh, let me know who you're taking in each format. If you stuck it out all the way through the end, thank you. Let me know. Do you guys enjoy this uh, style of video? I feel like these are pretty fun to make because you're kind of looking at a specific spot where people will be drafting. Like, I feel like it's pretty much useful for everyone if you're gonna be playing in a few different fantasy leagues. So let me know down below, Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all again, and I will see you in the next one.